We are gonna, we're going to go live. Already? Let's see. One live video is starting. Can we also make requests for other songs? No, we're just going to... I'm not taking any requests, Michael. Hold on. As okay, long as right. it's not cr- no We're creative. officially live on Facebook. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to the Garden Party. My name is Destin Nowak, Texas Garden Guy. And like I said before, this is the Garden Party. This is the Garden Party. And we want a garden party with you. We talk about the plants we grow and some things you might not know. The Garden Party, first episode of 2020. Woo! All right, Phil, go ahead and introduce yourself and start us off, dude. Do you hear me, Phil? What? Um, I, I can't see you guys. But hey, everyone, it's <laughs> Phil from Phil's Figs, the fig daddy, a great parent, as well as the great plant parent. But I'm back on the podcast and stoked to be here. Shout out to the fig daddy. Welcome back, Mr. Mr. Phil. And we got Stephanie, we got Stephanie with River V Growers up top. What's up, Stephanie with River V. I have a retail garden center and I am a farmer, protein and produce. Absolutely. And where are you located? Point Blank, Texas. Did you make that up? Is that a real town? It's a real town. We're in Texas, Whoa. remember. Where? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I thought Okay, Lake Livingston. If you still fish, lost. still lost. We're 60 miles north of Houston. How about that? Oh, you're not okay. far from me then. No, I'm 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 an hour and a half from you. Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to make a trip. No, yeah. I thought the I thought the craziest name town in Texas was the place called Cut and Shoot. And and that's that that's a that's a place you do not want to break down at. No. <laughs> yes. I gun barrel. There's a gun barrel, Texas. There is. Oh, geez, man. Who gave who gave people the 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 ability to name their own towns? Uh, no idea. Okay, if we got another first timer on the garden party, we got Mr. Dirt Tanner from T- Tanner Farmstead. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What's up, y'all? My name's Dirt. We're on Tanner Farmstead. We're a small scale you know market garden. We do some you know pasture raised chickens and whatnot, and uh, we have a little honor system farm store at our place. So a lot of what we do is just focusing on educating people how to. How to grow food, you know, what everybody else is doing, which is why I'm happy to be here to learn from y'all. Oh, man, we're, we're all learning. I, I love your little, your, uh, I guess your farm shed. Uh, is that just like a, a unit you buy by itself and you just filled it up and everything? Bought it prefab. They delivered it. It's easy peasy. We actually did never ran electrical to it, uninsulated. Just have a, the extension cords run from the house. <laughs> Heck yes. Where are you located? We're at Greenbrier, Arkansas. Just north of uh, Little Rock, about 40 minutes. Okay. Oh, nice. nice. Is that close to Fayetteville? We're about two and a half hours from Fayetteville. Close, close to Little Rock. Oh. Uh, I heard that. Yeah, got you. Well, and we got a returning guest, Mr. Michael Fiore. Michael Michael Smith Fiore from Smith's Garden Town. Go ahead, Correct. Go ahead and introduce yourself again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited that there's another retail garden center on with Stephanie down there. So, or I don't know orientation wise on the screen where you are you're below me on my screen you may be above me on everybody else's screen i don't know um so right next to it so yeah i'm a fourth generation uh garden center person they used to call them nurserymen um back in the day but that became not professional politically correct anymore so now we are nursery professionals i don't know um what i am but we grow plants we sell plants um up in wichita falls texas and uh Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Glad to be back. Glad you invited me back after 
previous shenanigans on other podcasts. Absolutely. Well, you've been featured in like nursery, nurseryman magazine and stuff like that, haven't you? Yeah, we had a, the business has had a bunch of accolades over the years. This year we had a few awards and uh, I was on a couple of magazine covers um, for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, I got some big awards this year, young retailer of the year, things That's like that. Awesome. So I want a trip to Ohio. Nice. Ooh. There's two places I don't want to go, Ohio and Wichita Falls. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to both of them. <laughs> no, no I, I've spent a lot of time in Wichita Falls and it's it's not that bad. It's not that. It's still Texas, technically. So uh, we, we are actually the first thinking... line of defense against Oklahoma. So we're important up that, here. Are y'all closer to Oklahoma City than Dallas? It's about the same, actually. It's two hours yeah. to Dallas, two hours to Oklahoma City. Yeah, I was looking at the map because I was trying to map it out. If me and Vikram, me and Vikram wanted to meet in the middle, so Vikram would be driving from Lubbock. He's got like a four-hour drive, and I'd have like a six-hour drive. We could meet up there and come up there and see you. So yeah, do it. That'd be fun. Well, guys, as gardeners, you know, people might not think that now is the time that you'd be starting your spring garden. You know, but as gardeners, we're always looking ahead to next season and what's coming up next. Um, so I wanted to make this episode all about starting your spring garden in January. You know, a lot of big nurseries and growers, like, I don't know, Michael, when did y'all start your tomatoes? We haven't started them yet, actually, because we, uh, we cheat. We don't grow our tomatoes from seed. For the most part, we grow them from oh cuttings or from plugs, um, actually, just because it fits in our production cycle better. But um, so, yeah, we'll be getting those in. I think our first batch comes in like in a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so and those but, tomatoes are so fast that yeah. um, we get them from those plugs. We get them up and growing in a hurry. Yeah. I, I know it's a really good idea to get a jump start, like on peppers, especially like so. I've, this other nursery down here, they start their peppers around like Thanksgiving and they start their tomato mm. seeds like the week of Christmas. Um, and cause someone was asking me in the live on Tuesday night, they're like, how do I get my tomato plants to be so big? And I was like, well, start early, start them inside, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the best advice I can give anybody for that. Um, we do start our, our super hot peppers, the, the insanely hot ones. We start those in the fall because they are so slow to grow that in order to have them any size by spring, we got to start them in the fall. Is that the common consensus that the hotter the pepper, it seems like the slower it grows? Absolutely. Yeah. The things yeah. like the ghost and the Trinidad scorpion and the boot jolicais and all of those, they're, they're just so slow to get up and produce peppers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what, what have y'all started already? Stephanie, I'm sure you've, you've already got a bunch of stuff started. Me? Did you say Stephanie? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we started our tomatoes. Um, we started the first batch on the 15th of December and then I just started some on the 22nd. So I'll probably start a couple hundred every week until really until the spring. So I grow for my retail garden center and then I grow for our produce patch too. So we're trying to do like double the amount so we can have six packs. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so, so y'all sell starts too and not just to y'all sell the starts as well? Yeah, we sell all sorts of veggie starts, your heirlooms and then all a lot of standard varieties. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dirk? Are y'all are y'all going to try to do starts or y'all just going to be selling tomatoes and stuff at the farm we, stand this year? Yeah, we just don't, op we don't have the, the space and I just, 
it's not something that I've really wanted to mess with. Um, trying to, you know, I know a lot of other farmers not already do it, but I also see them compost a million plants every year for a seeds. <laughs> you know, I think it works yeah. for some people. It's just, it's not something I really want to put the work towards. I just, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah. So, some for, for people who just start now, if you don't have like, you know, you don't necessarily need a bunch of like seed starting trays, you know, you can do tomatoes in like a Dixie cup or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like recycled cardboard carton for like a milk carton or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool options, but like for some people, it's just easier to buy the starts. Like I was telling Stephanie the other day, like for uh, kale and broccoli and, and cabbage, I never have good luck starting those seeds. And so it's always just easier for me to just buy the starts, you know, but you're paying so much more. Like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't even know how much a head of cabbage costs, like what, two or $3. I mean, a plant is like $2 and you're watering it all the time, you know? <laughs> and so like, it's, it's, it's whether or not you want to like grow your own cabbage or if you want to eat cabbage, like, I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things that I, I don't know is if it's worth it, but I try it every year. And Stephanie actually gave me a good tip on my uh, broccoli this year, she said to, to pop it up earlier, right? No, don't leave it in the tray so long. Yeah. Yeah. We try not to, oh. we try not to let anything get root bound, even putting it out a little bit earlier, um, except for tomatoes, you know, they don't like their roots really disturbed. I mean, I've seen them where they don't like it, but everything else we try to go super, super early. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say we're, we're live on Facebook right now. So if y'all are watching, Feel free to drop a comment down below with a question about gardening. We got people from all over the U.S. Uh, well, like South Central, what Southeast mostly. But I mean, um, we we have we have a lot of good uh, advice for people because Phil, you're probably the most north. So what is what zone are you in? I am the. Am I the most north? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I might be pushing it with Arkansas, but <clears throat> um, but I'm right on the coast, so I'm on Zone Eight B. Mm-hmm. So we'll oh. see snow every three years maybe and then it melts by lunchtime but uh yeah. the whole town freaks out <laughs> but uh <laughs> so, i my my whole greenhouse is full of fig cuttings and then i have my own i'm trying to overwinter a bunch of like as a home gardener i've decided to overwinter all 10 of my pepper plants because yeah. they were so nice. awesome <laughs> and yeah. so you, i'm like what's that do you sell your do you uh, sell your cuttings i do i do i have a big cutting sale going on right now uh, you do that locally, or do stuck. you ship? Do you ship to people? I ship. I ship all over. Yeah, Phil's figs. Phil's figs dot com. He's got a bunch mm-hmm. of. Uh, if you ran, you ran out of the Godfather figs. I right ran out of the Godfather fig. I have a few in reserve. So like my the really fancy ones, like the Col de Dom Blanc, Col de Dom Noir. Um, those are popping up now too. Uh, those are the ones that are like. People are like, do you ever make you know jams with them? I'm like, you don't need to make jam with these figs. You just need to like wipe them on some crusty bread, and you're good to go. And so those, it's already <laughs> jam. It's already, it's already jam. jam. Yeah. And so I'm gonna put out some of those. Those ones are a little more fickle, but it's worth the vigor to try to root them. But uh, you say yeah, those are fickle? popping up and. I did not <laughs> say that, but that made me so happy to hear that. <laughs> I for I, it's been so long since we had Michael on. I forgot about the 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 fruit and vegetable puns and the dad jokes. And oh my I welcome, I welcome right them. I welcome them so much. Thank you so much. Um, Just for record, so that yeah. was not slipped in there. That was that was full throttle. That was gear five. Yeah, full throttle, man. <laughs> I'll have to order some figs from you, bro. Because I need yeah, to check them out, I, and I'm happy to I've answer got, any questions. Yeah, I've got like a little swell. I want to plant some trees, fruit trees, and 
different things on, but anyways. Oh, nice, dude. So I got yeah, you, dog. Now is, now is definitely the time of year, you know, uh, Jorge's having sales on like cold hardy trees and stuff like that. Uh, your apples, your peaches, your pears, you can still probably plant some of those in, if you're in a warmer climate. Um, mm-hmm. Someone was asking me whether it was better, and, and, and this probably be a good question for you, Michael. Um, is it better to go ahead and plant right now when it's kind of getting cold? We're getting like maybe towards the peak in January, February, or would you rather wait? Would you rather us wait till like spring? It's actually better to go ahead and plant unless it's something that is cold sensitive, like a fig in Arkansas may be cold sensitive. Um, but for everything that is appropriate for your zone, what we found is there's a just like a curve like this of best time to plant and worst time to plant. Uh, best time to plant it, for most everything is fall. Winter is still good. And then as we get into spring, that decline is is dropping because we're getting closer and closer to summer, which is the most stressful time for plants. And then summer is the, the worst time to plant uh, most of your plants, at least in Texas, where it gets so hot and dry. Uh, so your survivability rate is going to be highest in fall, next highest in winter, and then spring and then summer. Um, so as long as it's a cold hardy plant, we're still planting trees all winter long. The only exception would be maybe is if if you see that that plant was in a nursery where it was protected and then you were going to take it straight back straight outside right in front of like a bad cold snap or something. Um, you want to make sure that it, you're buying a plant that has been properly uh, dormant and hardened off. Yeah, you don't want to mess up the acclimation because I guess I mean, we can get in some more fruit tree talk um, because you would think you would think like, you know, the springtime is the best time to buy a fruit tree. That's Which just when everybody necessary. wants to buy them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody's waking up out of hibernation and wants to get a fruit tree and put it in the ground. Uh, and then they want to overwater it and kill it. Um, but, when, but honestly, the best time, especially like at Jorge's, he's got his apple trees and everything outside. And he was actually saying all of his trees require less than 300 hours of chill, chill time, uh, mm. which is mm-hmm. really good. Um, and I, I, I've had some questions about chill time as well. I don't, uh, uh, whether or not like chill time doesn't necessarily mean freezing temperatures. No, it just means like, I'll let you explain Stephanie. Like the, the, oh, that puts you on the spot. Sorry. No, no, that's cool. <laughs> Michael want me better for it, but no, for, for, um, chill hours, it doesn't necessarily have to be freezing and under to get to those 300 hours. But I think that's a zone specific thing too. You have to see, mm. Um, you know, for whatever tree you're going to buy, make sure that the chill hours are what your zone has. But 300 is really good for our area. I know, and you guys probably all know too, that they changed the zone. So we were 8B and now we're 9. Um, not that- Welcome. Huge... Yeah, well, hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> they say you can now grow Now you can around. magically grow. Yeah, you can magically yeah. grow all these plants you previously couldn't grow now. All the yeah, time, just... Yeah. Just yeah. like the banana belt, right? You know, just <laughs> we, we, in our first podcast, we mentioned the banana belt because there's like a weird belt. Were you, were you here for that, Michael? Uh, Zach or uh, Noah was explaining. It's, mm-hmm. If you Google it, it's called the banana belt. And there's certain like places throughout the U.S. where like these cities and these places have like little microclimates and they can grow bananas where they shouldn't be able to grow bananas. And it's called the banana belt. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm actually wearing one right now. Oh my, oh my goodness. Bad joke. But yeah, I mean, 
I, I guess we can go around the horn and, and talk about like some of our favorite tomato varieties, uh, what, what, like what your favorite spring vegetables are to plant, and maybe you give us a tip, you know, on, on what you like to plant. So mm. I know you're, you're like a commercial farm, you know, for the most part, you're, you're, you're farming, so you probably have the, the leg up on knowing a bunch of those good varieties. So I'll start off with you. Yeah, Who are you so, talking to? I, Stephanie. Go ahead. I gotta be loud. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, we stick to about two to three varieties per plant. So over here where I am, I choose celebrity tomatoes. That's a really easy one to find in a retail setting. So I always like to offer that one. Your sweetie one hundred, so your reds, cherry tomatoes. And then um I always, always recommend to try something new or fun. So try those two tried and true plants and then try something fun like an heirloom, like a Cherokee purple or um those funky green zebra cherries. Just like always try to find something fun to grow along with those hardy ones so that your garden's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I always recommend people do that. Like find yeah. the varieties that you know you like out of everything, you know, and then throw in like a wild card every year because you everybody who grows gets those Baker Creek magazines and now they got they got some they got some weird hippie on social media. Have y'all seen the Baker Creek? Yes. <laughs> oh my yes. god. I can't I can't tell if like that guy works there or like a homeless person stole like the, the the owner's phone and he's living there. I don't know, but I, I need to try to get him both, on the podcast. He's, like he was there. He's pretty, like, hey, guess what? Come on in. Yeah, dude, that that account is very cool. In certain it's ways. like blowing up. It. It's working. Know. You know, it's very eccentric and it's working for them because they're getting a I'm ton at, of positivity and like good comments and shares. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They had some bad press, so they need some good press. I know they had some. They some had. I didn't know they had bad press. Yeah, you can you can Google it later. Okay. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it depends on who you ask, but they had some negative gotcha. reviews. Yeah, um, but yeah, so over <laughs> to Phil. I don't know which order we are on Facebook, but I'll let Phil. Like, what are you planting right now? Like, what are you excited to plant for spring? Oh, all my greens. So like, and I'm overwintering my kales, but I kind of succession plant those, and then. Um, because I'm going to get to the end of my first life cycle of the ones I've had for the past year. And then I have more carrots I'm going to put in in the next few months because I'm waiting on these yellow Uzbek carrots to come in. And those are cool. That's a cool experimental variety when we talk about like normals and favorites. And I'm like the home gardener and then I figs is my business. But um, and then tomatoes again, I'm probably gonna do my cherries again. And then my experimental last year were spoon tomatoes, which were like the oh, tiniest fuck. little tiny things. And I got millions of them. And you just like sprinkle them in salads. It was, they're kind of hard to get with a fork, but uh, I want to make more of like a tomato patch and kind of do the San Marzano thing and try to make my own uh, sauce this year. So Uh, as as Italian as you are, you got to have some San Marzano. You got to get some of that. You got to get some of those, dude. You got to get some. Uh, It's so funny because I saw a bunch of like people growing the spoon tomatoes because like, like we were talking about earlier, Baker Creek had like on the like on the tomato section. It's like look at these little baby tomatoes, and I have a hard enough time getting the little like sweet one hundreds and stuff. Or or actually, my favorite cherry is the blueberry cherry tomato. I really love those. Mm. They actually almost have like a blueberry like kind of sweet flavor to them. It feels like. Yeah. Uh, but even just finding those is such a pain. Those little tiny ones, I'd have to like just cut off the whole branch and like 
you know, just strip them off like that. So, well, it gets to a point you go out there and you just shake it and you just pick them all up because there's just so many of them. There's so little. They like yeah. almost fall through the colander holes. Anyway. <laughs> I, I might need to get some of those and plant them just as like sacrifices to the mockingbird <clears throat> gods. You know, like maybe they'll just leave it, leave all my other ones alone. You know, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure if you, if you grow tomatoes, everybody hates mockingbirds. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Did you say you're overwintering your kale outside, right? Yeah. I mean, we're getting down to 27 tonight and I'm debating throwing the cloth over top because I have like some lettuces and stuff. But uh, the kale has just oh. pushed right through every freeze and actually gets sweeter. Yeah. That's so what is I was really going to cool ask. Too. Since we've got some college educated people here on plants and stuff, um, uh, is it is, is it true how it works? The the negative or the below 32 turns the starches into sugar? Is that how it works? Is that what it is? I know in, uh, like amylization. Um, I don't know the process scientifically of how it works. Maybe you guys could explain in more detail. Uh, I know they just they do grow slower for me. I don't get the same growth rate, but I can still harvest throughout the winter, which has been fun. Yeah, Michael can usually smarty pants it up when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> my banana belt is sagging too low. <laughs> oh my god! Stop my talking about your sagging. My smarty pants Stop. sagged for a moment. But next week we'll have Chat GPT on as a guest, and we'll yes. Yeah, my god! <laughs> someone, someone, let us know real quick. Yeah. I get it. Comment someone. Know. Someone, someone will comment something. Say, I got the chocolate pepper seeds. I'm interested in finding out. What those will taste like? Has anyone ever grown the chocolate peppers? Chocolate? No. no, but there's like a candy cane that we grew last year, and it's got like a chocolate stripe. I don't know if okay. that might be, you know, because there's so many names, right? One company names them something, and then somebody else calls them something different. But yeah. I yeah. have grown the candy cane pepper, and it has like a chocolate stripe. It's a snacking uh, red and green pepper, and they're delicious, and they're really fun to grow. Oh, yeah, nice. my buddy had told me about like a, um, they had a, uh, it was like called a Count Chocola. It was a pepper and it was like a chocolatey tasting like, like a pepper and they mixed it like they cross pollinated it with like a, uh, a ghost pepper. And so they called it like a Count Choc, like it was, it was weird. It was crazy, but it was super hot and I don't do hot peppers at all. I can't do it. <laughs> at all whatsoever I wonder, I like that would taste really good if you're like making like um like a mole like a mexican mole yeah. type sauce that would be awesome with that but yeah, again i've never I tried so. that type of pepper yeah i don't know I'm, i don't mess with the hot stuff me uh, either mr M mr dirk what are you growing this spring I'll, well one thing i love the hot stuff like if i'm not sweating and feeling a little punished then i'm it's not I, hot i knew it i just looked at you <laughs> and i was like that guy likes hot peppers yep I yeah. love it, man. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, I don't really experiment with two because, uh, I mean, really everything that we grow for the most part, we're trying to sell or we do sell. So to be honest, most of the time we just stick with like the Sun Gold, Cherry Tomato, Super Sweet 100. We're going to experiment with a, you know, kind of more of a slicer tomato this year along with doing the cherries. But that's the extent of our, our uh, and we grow all those in, in the greenhouse. We try to grow all our summer crops in the greenhouse um they just tend to do better undercover they just yeah. produce better for us so um i don't know if i have any major tips so i'm definitely not the pro when it comes to tomatoes i just to be honest most of the time i neglect tomatoes because i get tired of pruning you know oh rows and rows of them <laughs> yeah well this year i actually was telling i was telling everybody on the other podcast that uh 
I, I'm, I'm going to like kind of not plant as many tomatoes this year since it's just for me. Last year, I probably did 50 tomatoes in my backyard alone. Oh, and then <laughs> once they start getting like crazy, it's so hard to keep up with pruning them. And so I was like, I'm going to do like maybe less than half that this year and focus on growing them like the right way. You know, trying uh-huh. to grow the best, instead of growing the most tomatoes, can I grow the best tomatoes this year? And, you know, really take care because because I grow all mine in containers and some in a backyard subdivision, uh, the containers get too close together and they start weaving in and out of each other and it just comes a nightmare. And then I had the worst leaf footed bug infestation this past year. It was unreal, you know? And so I just, I think it was an airflow problem. It was a congestion problem. So I'm going to focus on growing the best tomatoes this year rather than a million. Right. So, mm. well, well, Michael, I, I know a lot of people that run greenhouses and are farmers don't garden, but you actually garden, right? I do. Um, not as much at the house I'm living in now at my old house. I was really into the home gardening, but now my kids are pushing me back into it. They're, they're really uh, getting on board with it. So I do, currently a bunch of uh like containers on my deck i've got a big deck in my backyard and then i'm gonna be putting in some raised beds (laughs) um i'm gonna be putting in some raised beds because the kids are like we want strawberries and we want tomatoes and we want this and and cucumbers my kids love cucumbers um so yeah they're they're ready to get back into it and they're getting to the age where they can actually be more responsible you know they're going to be the ones that go out on water and uh, fight off the squirrels uh, from eating all the plants and all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that chapter with them because previously when I was gardening, they were quite a lot smaller. So it was mostly just me doing everything. And um, now that I've got three kids, and it's just it's just a great way to be involved with them and yeah. get them to eat stuff that they normally wouldn't eat. You know, kale. Uh, my kids would go out there and just grab it and eat it right off the plant because it's so much different than having it put on their plate for them. And they're like, I don't want that. But when they go harvest it for whatever reason, they want to eat it um, a lot or they're a lot more likely to eat it rather than, you know, being presented to them on their plate. So I'm excited about that, doing more of that with them. And then of course at the nursery, we grow just tons and tons of stuff, but yeah. um, So it's fine. I, I will second what Stephanie said about celebrity tomatoes that is my favorite variety they produce like crazy um for us up here in the early spring they produce big big fruits and then as the warm weather kicks on the size uh you know shrinks down quite a lot but they still produce a bunch of fruits but i've had celebrities go over a pound for me when they uh, are early in the season um and then they kind of get back down to more tennis ball size uh, slicers, you know, as it gets warmer, but love that variety. And we can usually harvest them all the way up into like July before the heat starts messing with them a little bit more, um, up here where we are at least. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is a celebrity similar to the early girl? Cause the early girl is the one I do the most of. And, and I get a um, huge crop out of those. They look better. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. I, I usually do the the early girls. Uh, I think I have done some celebrities. It's kind of hard to tell the difference between them. Uh, the Rutgers has been a really good one for me. 
Uh, if y'all know about Rutgers, uh, Rutgers is actually a, I guess, a variety of tomato plant that actually the University of Rutgers uh, established for the Campbell's Soup Company. Uh, and that's like what they use in their, their tomato soup. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I also like to use, like, they, they make a one called, uh, it's called a Jubilee. It's like more like a big orange one. And that one does really well down here. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm going to do probably less tomato plants, but probably expand my variety. I, did y'all see the one that Baker Creek had one last year? It was called like the Pink Fang. It was like a Roma, but it was like a little pink Roma. I, no. I can hear but my favorite Roma tomato, this is something everyone should go grow, but don't sell the seeds out. Like if a lot of people watch this, don't sell the seeds out. It's the I, striped you don't have to Roma. Worry about that. <laughs> the striped Whatever. Roma. The striped Roma, uh, it's such a good paste tomato and sauce tomato. And then like you can just okay. eat it. The acidity is so good. Mm. Phil, I can hear you. I can hear you typing when you're typing, Phil. You have to mute oh, no. yourself when you type. <laughs> Am I really? Oh. Yeah. I was like striped Roma. That's like, why I had to do it. This is actually Phil's personal just research station. Yeah. It's just here, just ideas from us. Dude, it is always so funny. Like when I do these podcasts, we'll talk about something like with Zach. Like as, as soon as the podcast is over, he does the video on exactly like what I was talking about. Like, like right after that, it's so funny. Like it, it, it mm. happens every single time and it's hilarious. I give people better ideas than I get for, I get for myself. Like it, it's it a great brainstorming sometimes. session. It for is sure. really, I mean, that's how like my Phil's fig Friday started. And then it was like, yeah, oh, that's a great name. Let's run with that. And it was like, boop. And now it's like three episodes I, in, but yeah. Dude, are you editing hey. on CapCut or what are you editing on? Yeah, that's CapCut. Yeah. Does everybody use CapCut? Everybody uses CapCut for the most part? You don't, Dirk? I use InShot and I do, uh, all on my phone. Just. Yeah. No, I, pretty I, so simple. I, yeah. What, what, what do you use to edit your video, Stephanie? Videos, like for what? I don't edit my videos. What am I editing? Oh, oh so you're, you don't edit your, reel, your reels? You just do whatever? Whenever, I do the like, reels in the app. I just use Instagram. Oh, Okay. And gotcha. what I've heard nice. since we're talking and brainstorming is that if you yeah. create in the app, you're more likely to see like a growth and have more views and things too. like that. Hmm. Yep. I don't know. Okay. So maybe I should edit them. The... <laughs> I don't know. It might work. I don't know. Whatever you're doing is working. So no yeah. changes. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I, I swallowed a bunch of tomato seeds the other night and it didn't do anything for me. I seen that. <laughs> Dude, I, so before I did that video, I want everybody to know, do not just put any seeds in your mouth because some are toxic and will kill you. Uh, like Pride of Barbados are really toxic. Um, oh. Don't do that. I actually reached out to Vikram before that and I was like, hey, is there any risk of me like opening a seed packet, dumping a bunch of tomato seeds in my mouth? I was like, is that, do they put anything in there with the seeds like as like a like a, not not anticoagulant, but like a powder or anything. And he's like, "No, nah, you're fine." And I was like, "You sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know." And I was, "I'll try it anyway." <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I don't know. Hey, I I did it for the brand. I did it for the brand. You know, it's what it is. What kind of oh, tomato my. seeds did you swallow? Oh, they were called. Uh, I got them from San Diego Seed Company. Um, they sent them to me, but they were called like flame, something flame. I'll send you a picture afterwards. 
Okay, because um, this is really, really wild, but ha have you guys ever heard or seen where the cherry tomato, it, your body actually doesn't digest, this is gross, doesn't digest the cherry tomato seed completely. And so like if uh -huh. you buy biocompost or you go to a composting oh, yeah. facility that uses human waste, there's like thousands of cherry tomatoes. I know, what? Think about I 100 <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. I, well, I see it in my house because every time I have... <laughs> Every time I have cherry tomatoes, if, and, and that in that pot, you have cherry tomatoes forever. Yeah. You're never getting rid, of, especially sweet one hundreds. Sweet one hundreds, you, you can never get rid of them. Are you using your making your own fertilizer? I'm trying to figure out how to word this. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Justin no. mutes the Martian, and he's like, "Oh, I got this." No, dude. He's like, That's "Have you read the growing vegetables?" Uh -huh. No, actually. We trialed some biocompost a few years ago and like we let it sit for six months. Like we do all of our compost and there was literally cherry tomatoes. So I just went oh to my Google gosh. Google said. Have you seen uh, the videos know. of people going to the wastewater treatment plant and going out to the fields where they dry the human sludge and there's tomatoes growing and they go and eat them? I've been there, dude. Yeah, I've been to we, wastewater we, treatment plants. I haven't seen tomatoes, but yeah, I I mostly see like Q-tips and like rubber gloves and stuff like that. You know, that's mostly what because with my my day job, we do like the electrical contract for like the city of Houston and stuff. And so we actually mm -hmm. have to go to the wastewater treatment plant, and it is so nasty. And you see a lot of stuff like animals and all kinds of like yeah. If you see a tomato, go ahead and eat one. I'm not <laughs> doing it. Say. I'm not doing it. Make no, you, I'm sure visiting that will make you quit drinking tap water too, but that's oh, another conversation. Dude, <laughs> dude I don't. Ah. Has anyone that's, read the Human Newer Handbook? Has anyone read that book? Mm -mm. I know what you're talking about. I know. Y'all got to read it. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, I know it. People, when you start talking about you know composting human waste, but it, it I mean, it just expands your your I guess your your thought process and your mindset towards things. What's it called? But it's a, it's a fantastic book. It's called the Humanure Handbook, and it's all yeah. about composting human. I mean, human waste. Yeah. And uh, there's a good amount of people doing it, and like as long as you let it sit. I mean, they don't put it on their annual gardens, but they put it on fruit trees and all that. I mean, if you do well, it the right way, there's no stench. It's clean. It's well, helped a lot of th countries that don't have wastewater treatment yeah. systems in place. Mm. Yeah, I'm like here to. I'm here. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like Pat raising pastured animals and regenerative farms. That's like a whole movement too, part of it because you can make your own compost. And like what we tried it for it was for our pasture for our animal. We had it shipped in, and it was it worked really really good. I'm just a fan of mushroom compost, man. Well, I will tell you right now, if you buy a bag of soil from Walmart, a, uh, a Lowe's, pretty much anywhere. Uh, probably what, what would you say, Michael, about 80% of soil companies, you biosolids. I don't know the figure, but it's in a lot. It's in a lot of areas that people don't realize our city, uh, has Wichita Falls has a organic compost, you know, recycling program where you can put your yard waste out on the curb. They pick it up and turn it into compost, but they blend in, uh, you know, biomaterial from the wastewater treatment plant into that as well. And nobody here really knows that. And so they give that compost away and everybody's like, yeah, compost for my garden. And I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them would be freaked out if they knew that. It's got, 
I, yeah, I, uh, I guess we're kind of busted. We're kind of letting the scat out of the bag. Yeah, if you go Sorry. to like, if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's and you look at the back of the bag and it doesn't say biosolid free, it's got biosolids in it. That's pretty much a given. Ooh. Like it's a a huge. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I, yeah. I know some people poop. Not to be too corny, but some people poo poo on it. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I mean. My main issue with it is is the pharmaceutical side of it. Um, If you think about all of the drugs that people take and they don't all get processed by our body, a lot of that goes out of our body. And some of those um, are very difficult to break down, even through the composting process. That's my main issue with it. Um, Not to say that I don't use it, um, but it's like, it's always kind of in the back of my mind is like how much of that is in there. Um, and it's becoming a mercury a too, issue. right? Mercury um, can be an issue as yeah. Yeah. So, so someone was telling me like that, uh, is it called not trace minerals, but like hard, he- heavy elements heavy or whatever, heavy metals can be present in some of that stuff that has, uh, you know, biosolids, but Hey, you know, you're taking a risk. I mean, I, I got, I got poo pooed on because I was putting uh, cardboard in my con, like, you know, shredded cardboard in my compost or like my junk mail. I shred it. I, I get all the plastic out, shred it, throw it in my worm bin. They eat it. I put, I fill the bottom of my raised bed. I got so many comments. What about all the arsenic and all the stuff? And I was like, uh-huh. dude, go do a soil sample test of the soil in your front yard. Yeah. Arsenic exists in like everything. Like it, it, like it's, it's already there, man. Like it, I don't know. People just take some chances sometimes, you know, it's, it can't be worse than we're buying the stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's true. Like a... Debbie and then you use bio compost. You're good. You're good. It washes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with the, with the composting your own poop where I draw the line is the, the, the grounding. I don't, I, uh, I don't know if y'all know about the grounding stuff. Like it's take like, your shoes off and ground like to the earth. Well, it's a little like I've heard some people they uh like literally will drive a grounding rod outside their bedroom window and run a strap like to their, their bed, bed frame and then like put a Velcro strap on their like, the, like a strap on their hand, which w- I think you could probably get electrocuted like that. Like if, if, if the lightning rod were to get hit by, I don't know. But either way, like that's where I, some of the hippie stuff kind of throws. I don't know. I can get into some hippie stuff, but that that's where I draw the line. I'm, I'm not. I think if it if it like if that does not exist in Google Scholar, then maybe it can't be cited as a scientifically proven. It's thing. there, <laughs> just like oh. just like electroculture. <sighs> yeah, what are y'all's <laughs> thoughts on that? I'd love Boy. to hear because I think it's the biggest. I think it's the biggest. We, well, we I'll, 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 I was a kid, and we'd all hold hands at the horse electric fence, <laughs> and then someone would have to, and then have to be the first person to touch it. And that, is that the same? No. <laughs> I love electroculture so much. I love talking. We talked about it for like an hour and a half on one podcast. And yeah, we did. There's still people out there that just they're going to be. I don't know, Stephanie. Have you had people comment about electroculture in your past or in your fields or anything like that? No. Again, I can get down with some hippie stuff, but it's. I don't think it's needed. I don't think there's enough benefits to as much work as it is to get it done that you're going to reap. Do you know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, no, if, if electroculture worked, then Michael's whole nursery would have electric rods all oh, yeah. around on every fence post. Hmm. Um, it's a scam. I, I mean, I'd buy it all up. Yeah. 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 It's a scam if to it sell copper. Worked. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I wish it worked. I mean, that would be cool if it worked, yeah. it worked, but it's on Google, on Google, uh, education or whatever Vikram said, it's, it's on there, you know, that whatever. So there's another way to, um, Google search, uh, that is really helpful. I use it all the time and that's when you're wanting to filter out results. So whatever you're Googling, whatever topic after that type in site and then make a colon and then edu and that will make it where all of your results will only come back from edu websites and so if you're because if you were to just google electroculture all the top you know 500 results are going to be blogs and people talking about it but it's not actually going to be university research so when you type in electroculture site colon edu you will get university research if there is any on that subject. So that's what I use all the time. If I'm if I'm researching a new plant disease or something that's coming up or a new bug or you know a viral problem that we're having with greenhouse, I don't want to hear like Joe Schmo's like opinion on this from their, their blog. Re their Reddit article. Yeah, or the Reddit article or whatever, because those are always the top results. And so I use that filter with Google all the time to cut through and try to find where there's going to actually be, you know, university articles about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I also like it's like Google Scholar where you can go on and make sure that it's been like a scientific published article. Mm -hmm. And then um, but the only thing is sometimes you're only allowed to have like see the abstract of it. You may not have access to all of that, but yeah. uh, a lot of times exactly. you can at least... Sometimes the abstract will give you enough like support to run with it a little bit. Does everyone here grow from more of an organic perspective? I don't want to just assume, or or, or any y'all grow like more conventionally. I would I would say I'm I'm as organic as I possibly could be. I, I, when people always when people ask me about like organic growing, I said yeah I'm as organic as I possibly can be. I, mm -hmm. I don't have Agreed. the time or the ability to stand out in my garden with a stick and kill bugs all day long. So I'm going to use neem oil or, or Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm asking like more of like, you know, conventional pesticides, seven dust, um, you know, which I, I'm just curious because I had some questions around it, but I wanted to ask first. Yeah. So in our so garden center, conventional, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, you go oh ahead. I was going to say we use conventional <laughs> when we started in 2015. So like we run commercial cattle and things like that. And so, our hay fields and things like that. We use a lot of conventional chemicals, herbicides, applications, all of that. Um, but as we've, like you said, like I've told y'all, we, we dabbled with the biopompost. We're trying to get more towards that, but same with Destin. It's mm -hmm. like, if, if I have bugs out there and it's going to eat the crop that is going to pay my bills for my family, I'm going to kill the bugs. However, I have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. the same way. I'll, I'll, I'll blast it. Like we, we use as a garden pyganic in the, in the market gardens. Which I mean, they're too organically certified, but I yeah. mean, they, yeah. they'll still knock. I mean, they, you you spray those bugs, they're gonna die from that stuff, you know. And and it's like, I'm if I'm if again, like you said, if my crops getting destroyed, I'm not gonna watch thousands of dollars, you yeah. know, just get obliterated. Now I'm not also I'm not gonna go and sell it and tell people it's organic if I use you know seven dust for example. But yeah, you know, I, I'm totally with you. You you can't let everything die. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the terminology of the word organic as well, because saying organic could mean one thing to one person and one thing to the other. And so, like, what is organic? You know, like, you know, oh, I only use neem oil. Oh, you know, I don't use I don't use neem oil. Oh, I only use ladybugs. You know, like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you put, and then when you post a video, the <laughs> bot lady bugs, you get a bunch of people coming after you, you know? So like, it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a battle either way. Uh, but I try to be as open as possible about what I use in the garden. I had oh, yeah. a, uh, I had a cucumber beetle infestation about a year ago and I could not control it with pyganet, pyrethrin, anything. And I used the hell out of some seven dust. Yeah. But I read the, but I read, I read the instructions. I did all the precautions and I, I didn't die. So we're good. <laughs> and guess what? I, di- I, I didn't kill all my bees either. I didn't, yep. I, you know, it didn't have an adverse reaction to anything. So yeah. I just great. killed a bunch of cucumber beetles. Uh, so. Michael, like, so your nursery, I've, I looked up to y'all, so I'm so happy that you're on the podcast. But like in that setting. You know about us? Yeah. yeah. They know me. <laughs> you are the man of the year. Um, <laughs> uh, like my question for you, like in those settings where you do have the greenhouses and things like that, you probably have to really stay on top of your stuff. Um, and do you get questions from your consumers? Like, are they worried about that? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And so we, we get that a lot. And that's something we kind of have to be careful with because we use we use organic methods and conventional methods because we grow a huge variety of stuff from vegetables and ornamentals and all kinds of stuff. But um, we try our best, or actually we do. Uh, I wouldn't, on our vegetables that we grow, I don't spray anything onto them that I wouldn't personally spray in my own garden and feed to my kids. Um, So we don't use any uh, synthetic pesticides on our uh, vegetables that we grow, but we do use synthetic pesticides on our ornamentals. And so we have to be careful about, you know, making sure that we grow in separate areas and how we spray and what we spray. So that way we're not cross contaminating from one crop to another. And then we, we kind of do the same thing. We're not certified organic in the vegetables that we sell. And we'll have people that will ask us, you know, are these organic tomatoes? Are these organic pepper plants? And we can't say, yes, they're organic because we're not certified. And, you know, the products that we use, we, we just tell them what we use is our natural products, but they are, these are not certified organic because we haven't gone through the processes of being certified. Um, you know, in our soil that we use, it's not a certified organic soil, but it's all organic material that goes into the soil. There's nothing synthetic in the soil that we grow in. So it's just like, you know, we, we have to try to find that balance. But we we certainly are getting more and more inquiries about that every year. And it's something that we kind of have to, um, you know, be aware of, especially on our ornamental side of things now, too, because um, the whole deal with neonicotinoids systemic insecticides has uh, really blown up and people you are can't buying... use a big word like that and not elaborate Explain. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be using nicotinoids i quit nicotine so i'm gonna need to hear about this neonic neonicotinoids are uh, systemic insecticides and so they actually they're insecticides that will get into the vascular system of plants and they will travel you know you can put them on the roots as a root drench and then they will travel all the way up through the all the tissue of the plant and then if the bugs feed on the plant uh then it will kill them and so they are one of the I most need some of that <laughs> yeah i mean it's amazing uh <laughs> it's amazing stuff because uh it's one of the most biggest technological advances that we've had in insecticides over the last uh you know 50 years but uh 
but they have a bad rap because they persist in the tissue of the plants. If you treat your plants with neonicotinoids or systemic insecticides, and then you sell those plants, say you're selling a milkweed or something to someone, and then they take it home, the monarchs come in and lay their eggs on there. And then the caterpillars come out and eat that plant. And then the caterpillars die because those systemic insecticides are still in there. So we're having right. a lot of customers that will actually ask, Hey, this milkweed, has it been sprayed with insecticide? And we have to be honest with them and tell them yes or no. Um, and we have to be careful because we will spray some of our plants with it, but we really have to watch on our pollinator friendly plants to not spray those with the systemics um, as much. Now, a lot of the bad publicity they get, uh, I think is way overblown um, because uh, in some regards, uh, neonicotinoids can be safer for pollinators uh, as opposed to other other types of pesticides because like I said, you can apply them as a root drench. So that way you're not actually uh, volatizing the chemical and putting it in the air. And so and you can target your treatments. So just you can target what, what, your treatments a lot better. Yeah. So you can yeah. take something that is, you know, more organic, you know, like a, like a clove oil or a sesame oil or one of these that are uh, more organically certified. But if you're volatizing that and putting it in the air uh, and that lands on bees, uh, then that can actually be more dangerous to them than say a systemic insecticide that's applied to the roots of a plant that bees are not uh, actively foraging on. That's wild. Is there a brand like the, like a nicotinoid, like a brand that I can Google like that you know of, or the most common one is a metacloprid. Um, just write that down. And then yeah. dinotefurin is, is the other one. <laughs> no, um, so <laughs> No worry. This is, this is why <laughs> products like Seven Ducks sell so much easier because everybody yeah. can spell, you know, metacloprid. No, that sounds okay, like so, cough medicine. So, <laughs> metacloprid is the active ingredient, but it's in a ton of name brand uh, systemic insecticides. So, if you were just to Google systemic insect control, there's going to okay. be a ton of name brands, you know, Bayer and all these other places that have theirs, but you'll look at the label. And most likely what it's going to be is a metacloprid. Um, but the other one that's a little bit newer is dinotefurin, which is in uh, things like Safari, um, Insect Control. And they, that's that's kind of the newer stuff. And there's, there's other ones out there too. But systemic insecticides, like we wouldn't be able to grow poinsettias without systemic insecticides. They are so yeah. prone to white flies, especially um, that, you know, back... 30 years ago, we were considering completely dropping poinsettias altogether because it's so hard to keep bugs mm -hmm. off of them um, with conventional spraying. And then systemics came along and voila, we can grow beautiful poinsettias now. And they're not something that goes outside that's going to be harmful to bees or anything like that. So, you know, right. we use them there. Wow. Well, that's why we grow figs, Phil, because you don't really have I to know, do man. anything to figs, man. Figs, dude. You root them. They, they get fruit in the first year, and you're like, holy cow, that's amazing. I'm going to do that 70 more times, and then I have an orchard now. But like... you, 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 you root them, you fruit them, and then you kaboot them. You know, you send them out, you know, man. It's just, yeah. No, I, I, uh, have you had any experience? Uh, so we're talking about figs now. Um, have you heard of the fig, the fig borer? Have you, you have any experience with the fig borer? It's like a, no, it's I, like a, the only pest I have is like the spotted wing drosophilia. 
that will put its larvae, Ooh. like, you know, like raspberries. They'll do that with the fig and they can sour it and everything and ferment really quickly. Um, and it's only wherever it exists. And if it's really humid out, it tends to, I'll go, I've seen it once at night out there and I was like, no, and I chase, try to like swat them off all the figs. But uh, that's the only pest outside of like, um, I haven't heard of the fig borer at all. I've heard of the yeah, ambrosia a- beetle. Is that what you're referring I think, to? I think it's, I mean, it could be, I'm kind of dumb, but I'm, uh, it's, it's a little beetle and it like gnaws into the bark of the fig tree mm-hmm. and it like specifically targets figs and it lays its larva and then it just rots it out. You know, the tree rots out. It's like the, the, the beetle it itself. Well the be it's saying. not the, it's not the bugs themselves that rot the tree. It's. They also inoculate it with some sort of bacteria that also kills the tree. And it's like such a, it's like seeing the blue screen on your computer. It's such a death sign when you see these little four remnants sticking out of the trunk of your tree and you're like, this can't be happening. And you just have to like, I've, I had it to one of my 10 foot trees that I had to lop to the ground and just like essentially burn it. Mm. Um, but you know, figs are resilient. If you have an established root system, that same fig tree grew eight feet the next year. So, wow. Um, yeah. That's crazy. And then it's, and, and unfortunately when you do that sort of week, it's called like regenerative pruning. And when you heavy, heavily prune a fig tree and it'll grow, have tons of growth, but it won't focus on, um, fruit and fruit. fruiting. And so fortunately I got some fruit this year cause we have a longer fig season. You guys all do too, down in Texas where I had fruit in the November, but that fig normally fruits for me in August, but it had spent so much time growing. So the shorter season, people have to forego a whole season of uh, growing figs because of it. I'm about to hurt your feelings, figs, uh, Phil. I, I go by I, both. I picked I pick, I pick a fig today. I'm still picking figs in my backyard. I don't even want to hear that. No. <laughs> How much I still do you got space? figs in my backyard, dude. I have, I mean, I have a space few. They're not fruity, but it's like I have so many experimental things going to my greenhouse because I'm a gardener and I can't help myself. So, um, but I have one with a little baby fig on it, but it's not going to give me that fig this year or next for year. All the fi- for all the figs out there, little baby figs are called figlets. No baby figlets. It's easy to remember. Little baby figlets. Uh, speaking of like rootstock, so we were, I was at work today and we we're like driving down this back road, the back of the plant. And my buddy was riding with me. He's an old man and he's got bad eyesight. So whenever he says he sees something on the side of the road, he's definitely not there. Um, so we were driving. And he he goes, driving? what the heck? No, I was driving and he was right with me and he was like, man, what is that yellow thing hanging off the tree? And I looked and it was like, I saw like the tallow trees or like all the leaves are turning yellow. And I was like, it's the tallow trees. And he was like, no, it's a fruit. And so I backed up and I looked and I saw it was a, it was a lemon and it was a, 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 a trifoliate. Yeah. And I I, I was, Yeah. Yeah, it's so oh, everybody, if you have a citrus tree at your house and it died back in the freeze, if it dried back, if it died back in the freeze, the top died and the rootstock is the trifolia. It's, that's what's growing wild. And I, I had to do some research on the trifolia. And that was pretty neat to know that like they're a cold hardy variety of citrus that can grow up to like six, zone six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the fruit is inedible from what I hear. Yeah, it's so gross. We have them growing. We're I'm in East Texas, so just like sixty miles north northeast of you, and they're all. We lost in- Tanner. We- oh, where did he go? It's okay, I don't know. Into the right, this, this is boring. See you later. No, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, 
but they grow native but whatever phil you said that you you knock that tree over whatever you mowed it back and it's regenerative and it comes back i find that so fascinating about almost all fruit trees and citrus trees if you do that to them they come back with a vengeance i know like we have a blueberry farm and and it is a part of regenerative ag if you mow them all the way back you're gonna have an amazing blueberry crop in another three to five years like fruit trees are so fascinating in fact, like you bring up a good point, like th- it helps the resiliency in a lot of ways. There's like a fig mosaic virus that can show itself in a lot of fig varieties. If you get into fig trading on the internet and growing figs, it's inevitable they got exposed and it kind of just lives with them. But if you often see like a fig mosaic virus branch showing and you lop the whole thing down, it actually will get stronger over time and come back more resilient against it uh, years to come. So yeah, it's cool. I didn't know you could do that with blueberries though. Yeah, you That's can just awesome. you could take blueberries all the way back down to the ground and they will come back. I might do that. I mean, this mine is are little like, babies. These are like commercial rows of blueberries, so mm-hmm. maybe let's check the varieties. These are southern high bushes and rabbit eyes, but um yeah. Hey, do you grow uh, Michael, do you grow fruit trees at the nursery or do you bring them in? We bring them in. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it would we, probably be way too difficult like that. Um, yeah, we pretty much don't grow any woodies is what we call them in our, in our business. Uh, we grow annuals, perennials, vegetables, um, and then we don't grow any of the shrubs or trees and actually we grow a few shrubs. Um, and then we don't grow our foliage, our tropical plants. We buy those in as well. Yeah. Yeah. If y'all are looking for some, uh, fruit trees as well, uh, my buddy at Leg Creek Farms, over in East Texas, he's sending me some blueberries, and we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, to, we're going to give away a blueberry plant, somebody on Facebook, and a blueberry plant, someone on Instagram. Um, check Leg Creek Farm out. He has a actually got a really cool book that he sent me, The Southern Orchard, month by month. This is a really cool book. Uh, basically, if you're in like the Southeast Texas, tells you how to grow. This is obviously backwards, but it's a it's a neat little book. You can get it on Amazon. It's The Southern Orchard, month by month. Not a paid ad. So, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, no, uh, hey, t- Tanner's back. Boom! Where'd you go, man? <laughs> it it <laughs> booted me off. You were drinking too much of that mason jar water. I guess so, man. <laughs> it completely kicked me out of here. Oh my goodness! No, it's all right. It's that, it's that Arkansas internet. I, I'm always surprised. Like my buddies in Alabama, and you don't think of like Alabama like having good internet. I don't know why. Uh, but like he said, during the pandemic, <laughs> he said like during the pandemic, they ran fiber like to his house and he lives like out in this uh, cog hill. He said they ran fi- fiber all the way to his house. And I was like, I can't even get fiber in my house. And I'm like in Houston. This is BS. Wow. Like, this is stupid. You know? I would love fiber. I love, oh you know, there's God. nothing worse than trying to upload a 30 minute YouTube video on your cell phone with terrible Wi-Fi, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks for everything. Uh, uh, we were talking. We were talking about editing and stuff like that. So, so Stephanie, you were saying you do all your editing for like uh, Instagram and everything like that on the app. And yeah. y'all, you said you've gotten, but you think you get better results doing it like that? Yeah, I mean, back in was it November? I think I did a thirty-day reel challenge just for myself. I challenged myself and uh, posted one every single day and made sure that I edited it in the app. And I mean. <clears throat> We all know with social media, followers don't actually mean dollar signs, but it did increase my follower count um, significantly within 30 days. So I think it works. 
but also I admire you guys that have the time and the skill and knowledge to sit down and edit. I would not even know what to do with something like that. My only like, hack let's... with ever figuring it out was that um, I used to be into like skateboarding in middle school. We like film each other doing tricks and stuff. And I was like, oh, I got to do like a cool edit. And so I was like, all that, that little part of my brain that I thought was like, why did I ever do that? Just because it was fun, came back into like content creation. And that's the only yeah. thing that like helps me expedite it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's much more time consuming to edit a video. It's like a 60 second clip than it is to do like a 10, 15 minute video. Like it is, it is, it takes me no time to edit a YouTube video. Like it's nothing. The up, the upload time takes a while, but like, it'll take me probably twice as long to do a TikTok or a reel or anything like that. Um, because just because you're trying to condense all that information into 60 seconds, it's so wild, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you got people who say, "Oh, uh, don't make a TikTok or an Instagram that's longer than 15 to 30 seconds," you know. Like the real, I, I've, I've done some gorilla videos like for Instagram and stuff like that, and they've done really well. So I'm wondering if there's something to that, you know, the attention span. Yeah, people are looking for something to catch their eye and scroll on, I guess. But I think it's all about creating what you like to create, too, and what your ideal customer likes. So if you like it, then whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or we could just team up and create a five-minute craft channel and start making the best <laughs> five-minute craft videos we could possibly make. That would you probably know? be a thing. So you guys use CapCut for YouTube and things like that? Mm -hmm. I've got the pro version. I got I I spend like twenty bucks a month, and I can I can use it on my phone, and I can use it on my desktop, and nice. uh, you can edit it whichever format you want. It's it's really neat. It's it's probably close. It's probably similar to yours, like what you use, Dirt. It's it's probably it's very similar. I'm sure. I mean, it's I try to keep it simple, man. But I think I think it's people overcomplicate the video editing it's like man just press record and edit and get it posted like you quit over thinking it you know yep. <laughs> i agree a great point it's a great reminder sometimes when you're like oh what if i cut this just right you're like nah just yeah. send it out but i will say cap cut is very the user-friendly design where i'm able to like just like cut and clip with my thumb along all their points it's it the, the sensitivity is good yeah, yeah if you ever use like apple movie or anything like that is is felicia editing your videos michael or do you do do those she edits all of them. I I used you to edit, lucky dog. and I I'm not lucky. I pay it. I pay her. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it right every time on the first try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was editing my own videos, and I was like, "This is my least favorite thing in the world." So I know how to do it, but uh, I was like, "This feels like a a big." Uh, not a great use of my time, and so I was like, "I'm gonna hire someone," and then she turned out to be awesome. Uh, so we keep her around now and now she like, she drives everything on the channel and I just, I oh. just sit in front of the camera and, you know, come up with ideas. But one thing <laughs> that really helped us with speeding up the editing is we break everything up into short clips. So when I'm making, uh, I, I do longer videos. That's just my style. Most of my videos are like one to three minutes. That's kind of where I live. Um, and that length. And, um, so we, but I, I 
get my thoughts together. I record about 10 seconds and then we stop and then I regather my thoughts and I record another 10 seconds and I stop. And then that just helps to make the video flow a lot better because you can tell when I'm talking, I have all these dead spaces when I'm talking and I go, uh, uh, and I forget what I'm trying to say. Um, and so whenever you actually just break it up into multiple little clips and then all of a sudden you just throw it into the editor and string it all together and kind of cut out the lag time in between each clip, it makes the editing go faster. And it makes, I think that's led to a lot of our success on TikTok and the other platforms is it makes me sound smarter because there's not all the dead air in my video. It's just like, boom, 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 going through the different points that I need to make because she edits out all the dead space. Well, you're yeah. good on camera though. I mean, it's not just the editing. You're good on camera and you're very knowledgeable, you know, so it's that, that helps, you know, so, yeah. Thank you. Felicia does do a good job. Shout out to Felicia at the vital root. She is awesome. Felicia. She is- the, the she snagged gardener. my last Godfather cut in. She did. Oh, good. <laughs> um, Bada bang. Okay, so before we, I don't know when you're going to wrap it up, but no, go ahead. I do want to make uh, a plea for you to grow onions. Do you guys grow onions? That's one of my favorite things to grow, and it's almost time to do so. Okay. So I, don't eat, I, don't eat, I don't eat onions. You don't eat onions? Oh, well, you He's should. Joking. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't I eat onions. I love onions. You don't I eat do onions. not. How? I, it's a texture thing for me. Do you like, eat? I'll... Do you eat any recipes? I mean, what yeah. do you eat? So I, I don't mind. I don't. I don't <laughs> so I don't mind the flavor of onions, like the like onion powder and recipes or whatever. I don't like the texture of like the onion. That's I'm a texture guy. But so you like, can like cook them, and, and the texture goes away. Yeah, I don't know. It's it. It's, 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 it's like I'm biting into a fingernail. I don't like it. I, I even if it's like finely minced up into a recipe that you can't even tell they're in there if it's like finely minced and cooked down i can handle it like if, if okay, i bite okay. it if, if i bite into something and it's got a, like a cooked onion in it i'm fine but like if, if someone tells me bite into this onion like it's an apple who does that get the hell who out of here that? i'm not doing it people oh do it man <laughs> stephanie's looking at me like she does it i i just like this what's the guy who had on the podcast seed farm oh, table where he's out in california yeah. like onions yeah. candy yeah same thing love it yeah, he's the most handsome man on Instagram. I know. Stop, stop, Brack. Stop. He's already got a very big head. I know he's the best looking dude on TikTok. It's it's is what it is. I didn't say oh that. God. I said that way he bites an onion. Me too. <laughs> I, I'm I'm deflecting because he's very handsome. I know. I know. <laughs> onions actually in Texas, like um, y'all do y'all have do you sell onion sets at your garden center? We do. Yeah, yeah. we. For where we are, I always tell people to plant them in late January. We're up in zone seven, now zone eight, but I'm still going to call it zone seven. Uh, So uh, the farmers plant their seeds in the fall, and then they get the sets ready to plant or to give to us uh, in January. And I think late January is just the perfect time, late January, early February for us to get those in the ground. And they're so easy to grow and cheap and you can store them for a long time so uh, i always tell people to grow onions and you can use the the tops as green onions um so you you can harvest them at any point along the way even before they get big and they're just fun to grow and that like no pests get on them ever um so that's a good good i I think they're one of like they're like carrots you know it's so satisfying to grow it and a lot of people forget how easy it is to grow carrots and onions like everyone Mm -hmm. needs that even a backyard gardener you need carrots and you need onions it's so satisfying like rip it out and just look at it or eat it whatever 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I carrots love, are awesome like that. I love carrots. Hate onions, but I've tried. I do. I do grow onions from time to time, but I've never had any success growing carrots. So Stephanie, give us some. Give us some carrot growing tips. Dirk, you got some carrot growing is tips? It the germ- that's the germination you're having issues with, I'm assuming. The, the weeds are growing faster than the carrots. Uh, so like in, like in commercial places, they'll go through and flame weed the weeds to allow the carrots to actually pop up, right? That's tarp how they usually – Tarp it before you okay. – like in the summer or – well, you need to plant them before that. But you could tarp it or get a little torch out and flame weed it like, you know. I'm not opposed to that. I, I, I like I like fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't flame weed or weed. I, we don't have that issue. But um, I mean, in the spring, yes. But for like the, the carrots we're harvesting now that we planted back in August and September, like it's pretty easy to keep those weed free when you bed yeah. it up. So that's my trick and tip for anyone is it's almost like growing potatoes. So you know how you hill okay. potatoes? Yeah. So you got mm-hmm. that really like loose, good soil. And you heal it up. And then those carrots, it's just easy for them to grow. They can't grow in compact soil. I mean, think about it. You can't huh. grow like that. So I always tell everyone to kind of heal them up and, and grow that way. And that means mm. it's easy to weed too. It can just reach down there and move them out of the way. Well, will it affect uh. the shape of the carrot? Because oh, I, I, well, Yeah. Yeah. If the soil's compacted, yeah. You'll get little stubbies or you'll get little legs that are crossed. That's what I was wondering because that's what – uh, Zach was talking about, he was like, you know, well-draining soil makes the carrots. He goes, leave them in there longer. You know, I guess some of them have like a terminal length. They're not going to grow any longer or whatever, but you're saying well-draining soil. So I was wondering if you were to heal it, would it start growing like fat on the top? So that, that makes sense, you know, kind of like that. That makes so, a lot of sense. I might we try to, get to that. pack the, we try to pack as many, which we grow standard market garden, 30 inch beds. We try to put as many rows as possible in it, and then that way the carrots just out compete any weeds. That's helped us at least on that front. But yeah, that's an awesome. Uh, that's how mine's kind of worked. I've, I smushed them all together. I was like, you know what? Let's just grow them tight. And I haven't had that bad of weed issues. Maybe it's just over the winter too. But well, maybe yeah. I need to plant some carrots. Maybe. I, I've seen I've seen people kind of get crazy with it, where they put carrot seeds in seed starting trays and they transplant carrot seed starts have y'all ever huh. seen that sounds like that sounds crazy I, that no i don't think anybody really does that do they people Maybe do if some crazy stuff. To, like i mean we sell we sell corn plants sometimes <laughs> why would you do that but like people ask for them and they want us to bring in like flat of corn plants and four inch pots and i'm like you know you can just plant your own corn and it's like super easy but no they don't want like yeah you stuff. stick the seed in the ground yeah corn yeah. is like one of the easiest things to grow. <laughs> we have to like but we have to take it with the grace because we're all really like understanding like have green thumbs like i know some people that cannot grow anything and that you have to like mm-hmm. literally like tee it up for them so it, it put it in the ground for them and let it grow or even go over their house every few weeks and water for them to make sure it well, stays alive so <laughs> they, they were selling they were selling corn in three gallon pots at fred reyes place i was at for their fall fest because people were buying it as ornamental stuff for like you start the seed in the spring they get really tall turn brown and they're ornamental for like someone's front porch it's actually a lot yeah yeah so mm. I, I could see that i could see that too her. we lost stephanie oh no <laughs> she got, that cut she got kicked off internet yeah yeah it's all it's it's all good i think we're gonna we're gonna cut it um guys so so 
right now, you, was it, uh, Michael, you're saying plant onions. If you like onions, plant onions right now. Yeah, for us, the order is going to be, well, you got all your leafy greens. You can do the kale and all that. Um, just protect them against the coldest frost. Um, but then once we're getting into spring, we do onions first and then potatoes are coming along in February for us. Uh, you're planting potatoes and then you're getting into all your spring stuff after that. But the, the onions are, are the first of the year for people and people forget about them. And then they get into March and April and they're like, oh, I want to plant some onions, but it's too late then. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to grow well for you. So do your onions now or yeah. soon. No. I, I, I've, I've tried to grow garlic as well. And garlic, it just takes so long. Garlic mm-hmm. just takes so long and I don't have that much space. So I just choose to buy my garlic. I just, yeah. it's, I don't, if I had more space, I would let a whole bed just be <clears> taken up, but I don't have that much space. And garlic can take like six months to like grow an actual big bulb, you know? So just stick them but, in your and, flower and, bed and, in the front of your house. Along with your ornamentals. I got got, got way, dog. I'm going to get a fine. I'm going to catch a fine up in here. Bro, (laughs) you got got three other fines with you right here. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, everybody, uh, I appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, Dirt, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, let us know what you got coming up. You got any events or anything? No events, but you can follow along at Tanner Farmstead. So... You have two channels, right? We're on all the major platforms. Uh, <laughs> we, I don't have two channels. I have. <laughs> you got blue? What's, what's, what's going on over there? What just happened to me? <laughs> Dude, that freaks me. <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? Oh my god, that freaks me out, dude. So oh my we god, one, man. We only have one channel. We're just I on, you, you know. Oh, I thought you had two channels on Instagram, Tanner Farmstead and Dirt Tanner. No, so I, I guess technically I've got a farm store that's that's just strictly our farm store that people follow locally. Gotcha. Okay, because that's I what... didn't because all my Tanner Farmstead stuff is all educational stuff, so I don't want to be posting like, hey, I've got lettuce in my farm store when all of our followers don't live nearby. So I created a separate channel just for that. Gotcha. Okay. Account. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, cool. I, I tagged everybody. I hope I tagged you right on Facebook. Uh, I think you uh, did, yeah. Perfect. Oh, thanks for coming on, Dirk. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Thank you all. I learned something new today. It was fun. Dude, I always learn. I learned some cool stuff, and I learned some dumb stuff, and usually the dumb stuff is the stuff I say, and then Michael corrects me. Uh, <laughs> Michael, go ahead and tell everybody, everybody they can find you. I know y'all got some spring events coming up. Y'all got like an anniversary this year, right, at the nursery? Yeah, this is our 75th anniversary of the Garden Center, and uh, we're going to be putting a lot of classes on, seminars, workshops, um, so that'll be posted on our Smith's Garden Town Facebook page and other other channels. Uh, need to get you to come up and maybe do yeah. something with you. Uh, so holler at me about that with what your schedule is looking like for the spring, because we're going to be doing it big this year and just trying to get lots of traffic into the store and lots of fun. I'm heading to Florida in 10 days, going to a tropical plant show in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so wow. Tropical Plant International Expo. And uh, that's a huge, huge uh, convention that they have every year out there for, for the houseplants and tropicals. Are you, you going to have a booth or are you going to just be there? You should be going. I'm there to buy. Oh, yeah. So, taking, no booth. Taking the tri- 
You taking the truck with you or what? No, we just place orders and they'll ship them to us. Uh, I am taking my wife with me, so it'll be like a little vacation, a little work vacation when it's going to be freezing in in Texas. It'll be uh, hopefully nice and warm in Florida. I I need to schedule one of those because it's like, oh, I went on vacation, but I did a bunch of gardening content. So cha-ching, right off, cha-ching, right off, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I I need to do some more of that. Uh, I I, want to try to go up to your y'all's place and we'll talk about that and then me and phil are going to try to go to fig fest in sacramento this year with the fig hunter and we may try to do some other things as well yeah well we got invited to be like celebrity judges at like the fig fest last year but he gave us like three days in advance like to come to sacramento like dude come on it's just like (laughs) so we love figs but that's really cool that sounds awesome Oh yeah. Well, there's all oh, kinds yeah. of like, we, we want to actually go fig hunting. We want to drive around, find figs growing wild in like California and we'll be out there with the saw pieces of take home with us, you know, got to grab some yeah. capper figs. Sound, sounds illegal, um, but I like it. Hey, 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 hey. Define, <laughs> well, it's California. Everything's We'll illegal, bring phytosanitary so. certificates and maybe it'll be better that way. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm going to let Phil do the talking, apparently, because I don't know what the hell he was talking he just said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what he said, officer. Um, Phil, let everybody know where they can find you and let us know uh, about your website. Yeah, um, I have a big fig cutting sale going on right now on philsfigs.com. You can find me on Phil's, at philsfigs on all those social media platforms, except for maybe X and I think I have a few events coming up, but they're all here in the Wilmington area, Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, we got the Poplar Grove uh, plant sale that's in April and the Hobby Greenhouse Club of Wilmington. We're doing a greenhouse tour. So if you ever want to come, if you're in North Carolina, you want to see my setup, I'll be on that tour. So, uh, and the then of course, Fig now, Fest right? in September. I'm the president. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And it's, it's a nice combo of people in the industry as well as just uh, hobby growers uh, solely. And so it's been a great network to join up with for sure. Yeah. You, you need to get a hat that says make figs great again just because you're the president. <laughs> figs are already great. They're wonderful. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, Stephanie, Stephanie lost signal, but she is River V Growers on Instagram, and she's tagged in the live. Uh, so make sure to follow her. Um, she's got a bunch of events, I'm sure, but I don't know. Um, but I'm Destin Noack, a Texas garden guy, and I appreciate you all tuning in and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, if you all have any questions, feel free to drop them down in the comment section after I post a live. Uh, tag the guys in the video go follow everybody and uh, if you didn't get to watch from the beginning you can start over and this will be on youtube tomorrow so appreciate everybody coming on and uh talk to y'all later thank you thank you